Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Tuesday, February 4th, 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing, at EOA Jr., and joining me is Imran, the Don Con. Imran, how are you doing? Howdy, Bless. I'm doing okay. How about you? Doing pretty good. Mm. It's been a pretty chill morning so far. We're doing Games Daily early yeah. today, which kind of it's kind of thrown off my day a little bit. Yeah, I had to wake up earlier for this. This is insane. Yeah, I just had to get ready faster, <laughs> which has been a thing. And so that, that 30 minutes means that uh, I kind of had to rush to get news in, but thankfully it's been a... It's, I don't want to say it's been a slow news day because every time I've said that, something then gets delayed the next day. So I'm not going to say it's a slow news day. Yeah. What I am going to say. What are you going to delay now, you monster? I mean, what's left? I mean, you said monster. Is there a Monster Hunter game that I don't know about that I, that I can delay? Not announce one, no. No, not yet. Not yet. Mm. We can make one. But the unannounced Monster it. Hunter. Uh, oh, there's game always a Monster Hunter game unannounced Monster somewhere. Monster Hunter Switch 2. Yep. <laughs> Getting delayed. Uh, Imran, how was your Super Bowl? Uh, good. I did not. Realized San Francisco was playing until the game started. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh, I guess I should be for that team. Sure. Mm-hmm. Why not? Did you did you watch it by yourself or did you hang out? I watched it by myself, yeah. Okay, so you just turned it on. You're like, oh, the 49ers. Yeah, pretty what much. What team? I'm like, oh, that's like San Francisco. Uh, did you have a favorite part? Did you like the commercials? Did you like the halftime show? Did halftime like show plays? was good. Halftime show was great. Yes. Yeah, me and Tim were talking about Shakira all day yesterday. <laughs> because legit, we. I think I didn't realize until Sunday how big of a fan I was of Shakira. <laughs> I saw, I saw that one tweet you posted of, uh, was it Shakira and J-Lo that were on the stage? Yeah. Yeah, and I was like... If you look like this, please contact me. I was like, that stand makes him look like Amiibo. And apparently it a does. lot of people agree, because I got like a bunch of like retweets and like responses that like, damn it, they yeah. do. No, it was such a great... It was such a perfect pose where it looks like... It looked like Peach and Rosalina or something like that, where they're just like in their, in their fighting stance from Smash Brothers or something. Yes. Of course... Put J-Lo in Smash. This... Kind of Funny Games Daily isn't all about the Super Bowl. We're talking about video games. Today's stories include Sony not knowing PS5's price yet, a wonderful Kickstarter, and more, because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday live at 10 a.m. right here on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames or listen later on podcast services around... The Globe by searching for Kind of Funny Games daily. To be a part of the show, head to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames or bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free. Now it's time for some housekeeping. Dallas, Fort Worth, Arlington. Hold on, it says Epic Eats Sports in yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not, yeah, yeah, yeah. I right, can't do it. Do you want me to do it? Yeah, Barrett, please. Fucking, I'll do it. <laughs> Dallas, Fort Worth, Arlington. Are you ready to get locked and loaded? Andy Nitro Rifle Cortez will be ta- in town February 8th and 9th for the opening day of Overwatch League Season 3. There will be panels, activities, meet and greets, and much more. Buy your tickets now at DallasFuel.com and get ready to burn blue. How, do, how come everybody in this office can do that? <laughs> I feel I like I fucking like totally stepped up what Tim brought yesterday. Though. I mean, I don't, know, I, don't, see, I don't know if I would put you up there with Tim. Tim's still at number one for me. It's probably, it go, probably goes Tim, then Greg, then you at this point. No offense. I think you still did great, but it's one of those things where, like... I think I totally fucking stepped okay. up the game from yesterday. People Tim was still to, a sleepy boy yesterday. People need saying. to write in and tell us who's the best kind of funny shoutcaster. Yeah, like, who did the best epic esports announcer voice? Was it Barrett? Was it Greg? Was it Tim? Who well, might has, do it tomorrow? Has, has Greg done one yet for Yeah, this? Greg did one on PS Love You. Oh, okay. okay yeah. Okay. And my, well, my feedback I'm, for Greg was mm, that, like... Mm. Like, Greg, I expect that level of energy from. Yeah, Greg's just always loud. Yeah, He's Tim, always shouting. Tim brought it from the heart in the way that Greg felt, yeah, it's Greg doing an announcer voice. Mm, mm. No offense to Greg. It was great. Yeah. Once again. So you're saying like, Greg's too artificial and Tim is more, like, genuine. No, I would say Tim just put more umph into it. Like, I could tell Tim was trying more. Mm. So you're saying I'm not trying. You're saying no, I'm not trying. No, I think you're trying to. I just think, like, Fuck you, I just, I just think you're, you're competing against 
gods right now, man. Mm, gods mm. and monsters. Yeah, you, you know what? You, 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 you know who killed a god and fought a god? Batman. In Batman v Superman. Dawn of How many days has it been, Barrett, since Batman? God. Uh... It's been 33 days since the last tease. Since the last oh, tease. That's about as long okay. as that podcast was, the Batman vs. Um, Superman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Oh, wow. It's been 33 days since the last tease of this unannounced Batman game. It's been 2,299 days since uh, WB Montreal has released a video game. And it's been <laughs> 1,693 days since the last Batman Arkham game came out. I'm sorry, well, I have. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for you. Uh, Greg is on WWE backstage today. At 11, 11 p.m. Eastern, 10 p.m. Uh, Central on Fox Sports 1 uh, doing promo school. I don't know what any of those words mean, but if that sounds interesting to you, go check that Greg's out. Greg's going to yell on TV. Yeah, Greg's yeah. going to yell. Just turn on TV and he'll be there. We're streaming Dreams with Media Molecule on Friday, twitch.tv slash games at 2 p.m. If you want to tune, tune in for that, it's going to be a fun time. And then thank you to our Patreon producers, the nanobiologist Frank Furter, Blackjack, Patrick Higgins, Muhammad Muhammad, Katie Gallagher, Joe Beezer, Ginny, Dom Dom, <laughs> Drew Gar- Gardner, and Travis Gaikowski. Today we're brought to you by Manscaped, Brooklyn, and Raid, Shadow Legends, but I'll tell you about that later for now. Let's get in. Let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have four stories today. A baker's dozen! Wow, okay, see, that's the passion I'm talking about, Barrett. I had it earlier! But no, I don't say you had it earlier. Okay. That's the passion I'm talking about, man. Number one, Sony doesn't know how much the PS5 will cost yet. This comes from Tom Ivan of Video Games Chronicle. Sony's chief financial officer, Hiroki Totoki, has suggested the company has yet to determine the PlayStation 5 price as it attempts to balance its position based on several known and unknown factors. Chief among the latter will likely be Microsoft's Xbox Series X pricing plans. During Sony's third quarter earnings call on Tuesday, senior EVP and CFO Totoki was asked how the company intends to achieve his stated aim of a smooth transition to the next console generation. The questioner asked which factors Sony can control, such as marketing and development costs, and what the invisible elements are that makes that make things tricky. Quote, first, we must absolutely, absolutely control the labor costs, the personnel cost. It must be controlled, Totoki said. In the initial ramp up, how much we can prepare initially, we will work on the production and the sales and we will have to pre- have to prepare the right volume as we launch this. What is not very clear what is not very clear or visible is because we're competing in the space, so it's very difficult to discuss anything about the price at this point of time. And depending upon the price level, we may have to determine the promotion that we are going to deploy and how much costs are costs we are prepared to pay. So it's a question of balance, Totoki continued. And because it's a balancing act, it's very difficult to say anything concrete at this point of time. But when I said smooth transition, we mean that we will definitely choose the optimal approach and that we will, we will try to have the best balance so that... We will be profitable during the, the life of this product. So and Ron Khan, how does that? Three paragraphs that said nothing. Basically. Exactly. <laughs> that was like a lot of word salad. But like, it, yeah, they're waiting to see how much the Xbox costs before they bought, like say how much the PS5 will cost, mm-hmm. which makes total sense. They're not going to – I'm sure they would love the price at 600 if the market would bear it. But the market probably won't bear it, especially if the Xbox Series X – Cost four hundred. Yeah. So they're going to try and figure that out as time goes on. I'm sure they have a range in which they would, they have to, based on what they built, like what they'd actually like to price it at. But for now, we're just kind of figuring this out, figuring this out, and they're figuring it out as well. Mm. Anakin GMT writes in and says, "With Sony saying they're waiting to determine a price for the PS5 until they know what the Xbox Series X will cost, I have three questions. One, 
Could this be a reason why there's been no sign of Sony having a, a PS5 reveal in February as they wanted to give the price at said reveal? Two, is waiting for Microsoft to name their price, allowing Microsoft to get more of a mindshare with gamers. Series X is arguably more anticipated because we know what the console looks like and we know we, we know one huge launch day game exists, that being Halo Infinite. If Sony is letting Microsoft make all the first moves, are they, in the words of Gary Witta, standing still? And three... If Microsoft waits until E3 to give their price, as they did for Xbox One, is that too late for Sony to name theirs? And could this give Microsoft an early edge heading into the, into the fall and launch in the launch of both consoles? So let's start with number one because there, mm-hmm. that's there's a lot in there, even within those three three questions. So number one, could this be a reason why there's been no sign of, the, of Sony having a PS5 reveal event in in February as they wanted to give the price at said reveal? Could it be a reason? Probably, but mm-hmm. is it the only reason? I really doubt it. Yeah, I'm with you. I assume that like they have a number of things that are the the console is at best eleven or ten months out because like we found out today, it's holiday 2020 directly holiday. Mm-hmm. So they have a lot a lot of squares to circle before they get you know to that point. Yeah, I I bet one of those things is price, but I they don't need to announce price right now. They can announce price in. June, yeah. Even, I, mean, I believe September. last time, like yeah. la- for a PS4, they announced price at E3. Yeah, yeah. And so, like February feels, I mean, like I think it do at any point, but February still feels somewhat early to get a lot of the information out that they would want to get out for to finalize this con- console reveal. Mm-hmm. Like we've been talking a lot on Games Daily and PSLW about <clears throat> the cadence that PlayStation has had over the over uh, the last, I guess, year or so with their PS5 details coming out right? right they've been going to wire to release those details and with that right like what's left to really talk about at this point in time right we could just wait it out and it could be june or may or july or some sometime closer to the ramp up to where you would actually want to get marketing and advertising really ramped up get those commercials in get those mm-hmm. youtube ads in whatever that whatever they are uh, and 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 really get things going then, as opposed to starting now and then having that be like a well a long stretch until the console launch. Yeah, I mean, again, they could announce the price in a tweet and it would be fine. Yeah, yeah. Number two is waiting for Microsoft to name their price, allowing Microsoft to get more of a mindshare with gamers. No, I don't think like I I reject the premise of this question a little mm-hmm. bit. I don't think the series. I'm sorry. I don't think the Series X is doing uh, that much more inter- than the PS5 in terms of mindshare. Right uh-huh. now, they're both pretty much like maybe they're different degrees of zero, but they're pretty much starting at zero. Yeah, I would say I feel like at the, at this point in time, it feels like Microsoft has a bit more out there because they have shown the the box along with the name even though we know that the ps5 is called the ps5 mm-hmm. and i believe sony said directly that it's called the, the playstation 5 so we know both the names uh we know how the xbox box looks like which i think is one of very few things that xbox kind of has above playstation as far yeah. as like where they're at in the reveals and we know i feel like we know more xbox games like we know hellblade 2 and yeah. we know halo infinite and uh for a playstation 5 we have godfall and so, like, we have two games versus one game. And you can count, like, I guess we can count, like, games like Everwild and some of the games that came out uh, at the XO19 event. Right. But I guess it feels like we have more of a solidified look at what the Xbox launch is going to be than the PS5 launch, even though 
but I, there's still a lot for both companies to kind of say right. about what the launches are going to be. That's February of 2020. Like, we still, again, have like 10 months to figure out what the next, they could announce launch games at E3, or not at E3, but after E3, mm-hmm. or some other event. They, Sony is free to just say whenever, whenever they want. They're coming to into the next generation from the uh, position of power and yeah. leadership already. That they can, let's say, I don't know, Horizon is the big launch game for PS5. They can announce that at the event. They can announce it like two months before if they wanted to. And mm-hmm. it would still be fine in terms of... Because the Mindshare War doesn't actually start until, I would say, at earliest June. Mm-hmm. And But at that point, everyone will come out there announcing their own games and stuff like that. I don't think Microsoft necessarily has that much of a first move advantage right here. It could turn into one, depending yeah. on what somebody does, but what we're talking about right now is still like way too early to speculate of what it'll turn out to be at the end of this year. Yeah, I think where we're at so far is interesting because during PSLVUXOXO that went up this morning, me and Greg had a conversation about launch titles and mm-hmm. how I don't necessarily... I'm not sold on the idea that PlayStation is going to have a huge launch title at the launch of the ps5 given the history of you know ps4 not really having like a big huge exclusive same with ps3 same with ps2 same with ps1 um and i i wouldn't think that sony depending on how ready something like horizon zero dawn 2 is if it's not ready to go they won't want to push it out and force it out because that's a game you want to come you want that game to come out and be great Mm -hmm. right you don't want that game to come out before it's ready and so i don't think that's a game they would they they would Put out before it's ready. Granted, it could be already be ready, you know, and it could be it could be ready before the PS5 comes out and be ready to come out at, at, at launch. But I don't know how sold I am on the idea yet. But the idea that Xbox already has Halo Infinite as a launch title and PlayStation 5, theoretically, if they don't have a big exclusive competing with it, you know, what does that do for that decision when you're at the store, right? Are people Do people then go, well... You know, there's nothing on the PS5 right now that I really need to get, but I could get the Xbox uh, Series X and play Halo Infinite, which looks awesome. Um, and so I, I, I feel like that plays a little bit into the mindshare, quote unquote, battle mm-hmm. right now. But I feel like it's not going to matter once things start really ramping up for the console reveals. Like once we start getting an idea, like even if there's not a, a big exclusive at launch, even if it is PlayStation being like, oh yeah, like here's. Horizon Zero Dawn 2 coming 2021, along mm-hmm. with here's a teaser for Spider-Man 2 and uh, whatever it may be, right? God of War 2, which I don't know if we'll get or not, but, um, you know, I could I could see those seeds being planted in a way where once we get to November or October or whenever these consoles actually launch, it doesn't actually matter as much the, the seeds that are being sown right now. Right. Yeah, that's where, I think that's where I'm it's, at. It's way too much of a horse race mentality. Yeah. Of Microsoft's currently the way, because you mentioned I could buy a Series X to play Halo Infinite, mm. but you don't necessarily need to. Yeah. And that's kind of the, the strategy Microsoft has right now of, yeah, you could buy a Series X for this stuff or Cyberpunk or whatever, and it would be a better experience for you, but you don't have to. And Sony's going a different tact of, yeah, we're the next generation. We're having new games, better games exclusive games so i think it does behoove them to have a pretty pretty major launch title mm-hmm. but sony like you said generally never that big off on launch titles in general yeah so i don't know what what would be one thing like one game they announced that would be like yeah no i have to get a ps5 right now for launch or just like launch period or just in for general? launch 
Like, what is the Breath of the Wild caliber title for you? I mean, for PlayStation, like the the titles that come to mind are titles that are, that are one hundred percent not going to be ready, right? So, God of War is like or God of War or a new Naughty Dog game are like the two things that come to mind, and neither of those will be ready for a PS Five launch. I mean, Naughty Dog has two teams; they could true reasonably have one, but like two Naughty Dog games in one year that'd be <laughs> that'd be crazy. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be that'd be an awesome year. But I, I feel like as far as reasonable or realistic, Horizon Zero Dawn is really the only one that comes to mind because I don't think Spider-Man 2 is going to be ready. Mm-hmm. Um, but even like, I feel like Horizon Zero Dawn speaks to a certain audience of people. Like Horizon Zero Dawn is, is going to have wide appeal, but, you know, I feel like they're, you're going to need more bangers than that. Like, I feel like you're going to need more of a, of a variety Mm-hmm. Which is why I don't think like one big launch title is is the the goal for PlayStation. I think they just like you know sprinkle things around. Like we have Godfall, we have in my head what'll be Knack Three or <laughs> an Astrobot platformer or something along those lines. Or Ratchet and Clank Two, just fucking give it to me, man. Ratchet, or yeah. Ratchet and Clank Two, or like you know something along the lines of Resogun or or some interesting indie titles. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like variety is more realistic and even. Possibly even more viable than like a huge, huge knockout title or something along the lines of something like Horizon Zero Dawn. I think you worry less about the mainstream at launch because you don't have that many units to sell in the first place. Yeah. And you try to get the hardcore on board. So to me, a Demon Souls style thing, not even necessarily Demon Souls itself, like a Bloodborne 2 or something like that, like a From mm-hmm. Software game at launch would be like, yeah. That'd okay. be great. Yeah. And I think things along more of those lines would fit well within the launch lineup mm-hmm. rather than um, like one of their big first parties. Yeah. If you only have, let's say, 5 million units to sell before the end of 2020, you want to sell those 5 million units to people who are guaranteed to buy day one. When the mm-hmm. console is at its most expensive and worst it will ever be, mm-hmm. which is like that's the way console launches work. They're at the most expensive and the like le- less features that it will ever have. So yeah. like that's when you want the the hardcore to pay for that. Mm-hmm. So th- those are the kind of things that I would buy. And then number three here, uh, Anakin JMT says, if Microsoft waits until E3 to give their price as they did for Xbox One, is that too late for Sony to name theirs? And could this give Microsoft an early edge heading into the fall and launch of both titles? Is post E3 too late to give the price for your console? No, I mean like the Switch had what two months. Yeah, January, late January. To was it that January presentation that we got the price, or was it not the? No, it was a January. We didn't know anything about it except for like the concept. Yeah. Before then, so January to March was the like full launch run up for that thing, which mm-hmm. I think challenged traditional wisdom of that you need a full year for game gaming magazines to get the print stuff out and all that stuff. It's like not really in these days. Just you could. Honestly, announce it in September, and I think it'd be fine. Yeah, they're not going to. They, yeah, they want pre-orders up way earlier than that. But yeah, I think I think if Xbox wasn't competition, like if Xbox or Microsoft wasn't probably for sure going to announce their price at E3 or yes. before E3, E3 is their show now. Yeah, so. like you can't. I feel like you can't have Xbox announce that price in June and then come back have Sony come in September and announce their price. I feel like that's then way too late. But I do. I mean, I think post E3 is fine. Like. If they announce their price in July, I don't think that's a huge deal. Yeah, as long as the as long as it's not like too much later after Xbox, they announced a logo and that set Instagram records. Like, yeah, they could do whatever they want to do. Again, it could just be a tweet, and it, it would be, be that would harken back to when they went on stage and just said 
what was it, two ninety nine for PS one, mm-hmm. and then that set the world on fire. Yeah. However, they do want to do this is completely up to them. They are in control of the entire story, really. Sony has won more generations than they've lost, and I think they've only really lost one in yeah, PS three. They lost, and, and then yeah, it yeah, kind of pulled ahead. Up. Depends on when you consider the generation over or not, mm-hmm. but like. It's hard for them to lose momentum. And yeah. I think when once you come from what was the number today? It was one hundred and nine million yep. PS4s. Yeah. Like when you come from that to the next generation and you're almost probably directly carrying over the entire audience, like you have the right to just do it whatever way you want to do it. And I think they're gonna take it their own pace. Number two, we got some more PlayStation news. The PlayStation five page is up on PlayStation dot Com. And so, Barry, I don't know if you have the, the link or want to pull it up for the video watchers, but essentially it's the, it's the PS5 logo under it. It says PlayStation 5 is coming, launches holiday 2020, and then under it they have text that says, we've begun to share some of the incredible features you can expect from PlayStation 5, but we're not quite ready to fully unveil the next generation of the play, of PlayStation. Sign up below to, to be among the first rec- to receive updates as we announce them, including news on the PS5 release date, PS5 price, and the upcoming roster of PS5 launch games. Now, Bl- I don't think this is, like, Blessing. I, I can't I can't sign up below. There's nothing below. You gotta sc- scroll down. <laughs> I, I am. Oh. Wait, there it was no- there before. The- oh, it's gone. It's not there, Bless. I can't sign up below. I swear to God, That's when I moment. was on there earlier, it was there. Not I don't know what happened to it. That's weird. Maybe it's like a website glitch, or maybe sign up somewhere. Something. That's fine. Yeah, I don't know. What, I don't know what's going on with that. But um, I don't think this is like anything huge. But it's them saying, "I know you expected February, but we're not going to do February." Yeah, yeah. That, that's kind of why I gleaned from this. Them saying that they're not ready to, they're not fully, they're not quite ready to fully unveil the next generation of PlayStation tells me that like we're still a few months off yeah. from an actual. I don't know, a few event. months, maybe next month, maybe April, but. Like, I, if I want to win this bet with Tim Gettys, it's a few months away. What's the bet? Uh, I said the PlayStation 5 reveal will be post-March. He mm-hmm. said it'll be pre-March. And so if it happens in March, none of us win. <laughs> but post-March, oh. I win. <laughs> Both y'all lose. It's a piece, pizza bet. You think it's going to happen in March? It's either going to be directly before the end of the financial year or directly after. So either in March or April is that what I would say. Okay. I have a good feeling about March. See, I'm still in May. I'm, 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 I'm. I think both me and Greg are saying May. Mm. May makes a lot more sense now that we know they're not going to be at E3. Yeah, that's my thing. Mm. And I don't know the the idea that they want to wait for the Xbox to know what the Xbox price is tells me that like maybe post May at this point. Who knows? Like this is it's been this has been such a different ramp up to the console reveals that mm. I feel like traditional knowledge is kind of thrown out the window to some extent, and we kind of have to like wait and see. You know, now that there's, I feel like companies have way more control over the messaging now than ever. Mm-hmm. That they could just come through with a with a random uh, PlayStation state of play and could just lay out, like, do ten minutes and be like, oh yeah, here's the price, here's you know a title or two, and here's how it looks. We'll we'll see you in next month's state of play for more information. Like, I was watch looking. At, there's a tweet that posted a picture the other day of. Uh... It was the Star Wars account saying, The Force Awakens has finished principal photography. And then a reply saying, The title hasn't been announced yet. And the reply to that was, We just did. Hmm. I can absolutely see Sony doing that kind of thing and just tweeting the number. That's it. That'd be great. That'd be awesome. I'd be into it. I like that kind of stuff. Well, that's mainly because I'm a madman and I eat, I eat up 
weird marketing. Mm-hmm. And so I'd be, I'd be into it. What would be your ideal price for this? Price for the PS5? Mm-hmm. I mean, five bucks. <laughs> but like, uh, hmm. What would be the most realistic price you feel? Yeah. I feel like, f- see, I, I when they talk about SSD and they talk about ray tracing mm-hmm. and they talk about, and I hear people talk about how technically impressive, you know, those things are when, it, when uh, implemented correctly, I guess. Like, that screams expensive to me, but something tells me that they're going to want to hit that sweet 400 spot. And so I'm going to say 400, but I wouldn't be surprised at 500. I think right now they're probably in a like nexus between 400 and 500 of like, we would love to have this for sale for 500 and just make a profit on each box. But that seems unlikely. Mm-hmm. So we're prepared to go down to 400 if we need to, based on what the Xbox is doing. I I think they they have that range and I think they're ready for it. It's just a question of like, are they going to take a loss or not? Yeah, we'll see. Mm. Number three, the wonderful one hundred and one remaster smashes Kickstarter goals. Kickstarter goal in hours. I'm pulling this from Rachel England over at Engadget. If anything demonstrates that gamers love a bit of cult nostalgia, it's the eye-watering success of Kickstarter campaigns pledging to bring back former hits back to life. And that's absolutely the case with former Wii U title, The Wonderful 101, the remastering of which obliterated its Kickstarter goal in less than an hour. Platinum Games' colorful action adventure was originally released in 2013 for the Wii U. Now it's getting the modern console treatment and will be coming to PS4, Switch, and PC thanks to a hugely hugely successful crowdfunding campaign that looks to hit... Uh, looks set to hit a whopping 1.5 million dollars given the tight delivery time frames platinum games says it'll ship in april 2020 it's likely that development is already in the bag and that this is more of a game sale than anything else that being said there's the opportunity to get to get your hands on some interesting rewards pledge more than 1000 yen that's about nine dollars for example and you have the option to be blocked on twitter by platinum co-founder hideki kamiya let's go (laughs) whose sensitive blocking trigger finger is well known among the gaming community xbox gamers may well may well be disappointed to be left out of proceedings but that's not to say they won't ever have have the chance to play the remastered version in the kickstarter uh, faqs platinum says that getting the game uh, to switch steam and ps4 is already a challenging endeavor but if the campaign is, is successful enough they can definitely plan on porting the game on, on additional platforms. Given the huge numbers the campaign has already seen in its short time online, then an Xbox One version is not an impossibility. Yeah, when they say additional platforms, and the game's already coming to Switch, Steam, and PS4, I feel like there's only one option left, right? Or it could be next-gen consoles as well. True. That's true. Yeah. Uh, Imran, Stadia. we talked about this a bit yesterday, because me and Tim were speculating on what the 4 was when uh, Platinum was teasing the 4 idea. And there are like, rumors over the weekend of Wonderful 101, this this Kickstarter happening. And mm-hmm. so this is no surprise. But I think it's pretty it's pretty cool to see this game coming out. This is a game that I've wanted to play, but I never had a Wii U, because nobody had a Wii U. And, and, and so I've, I've never gotten the chance to play it. But I love Platinum, so this all sounds like good news to me. But I feel like, to even further this, right... That means if you if you look back on the platinum website, mm. the the platinum four thing, wonderful one hundred one was one of four announcements. It yes. looks like under the two they now have a two, three, and four thingy going on, and under each of them they say coming soon, mm-hmm. which has me very excited because this gives credence to what we were talking about yesterday of you know four different you know big announcements from platinum. Yeah, beautiful. Do you, Joe, have, do you have any any go. any predictions on what these might be? I mean, if you want to be conserv- conservative, I would say. Uh, 
been like it might be just be announced games being re-revealed like Bayonetta 3 Babylon's Fall stuff like that yeah but they would have to like have new details right like a Bayonetta yeah. 3 release date I'd assume yeah, yeah for those kind of things I'd be into it mm-hmm. uh, Babylon's Fall release date I'd be super into I don't see Bayonetta 3 being a thing for release date because wouldn't Nintendo want to be the ones that would do that under their own direction there's also well they can I, also at this update point, when they want to at this like, point we're running out of time but I was going to say that like there was rumors that this week we could see a Nintendo Direct, and so what if Bayonetta is the number four announcement, and that's on, and it's on Friday, and there's a Direct announced tomorrow for Friday, Barrett? <laughs> what if I'm dreaming over here? All right, but there's only dreaming. four announcements, and like, you know, by Friday all four announcements will have happened. You I mean, assume, we don't know right? that daily; they can skip a day. That's true. That's true. That's I don't true. think they're gonna. I think that's. They're gonna just slowly roll that thing out over the next couple of months, not days. Yeah, they, the the coming soon definitely kind of says that, which had mm-hmm. me sad because I thought I was, well, as soon as I saw the one for one on one thing, I was like, oh, it's gonna be every day. And then you yeah. read coming soon, and I'm like, all right, we'll see if it's every day. Do you think there's still we'll a, feb- today. a February direct? February, yes. This week, no, 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 yeah. no not this week. I don't even know February, man. <laughs> <laughs> they know just do whatever, does whatever they want. It's true. I mean, it's they true. they have nothing dated right now besides. Animal Crossing, and I guess Wonderful One One now. So yeah, like there's no more. They need to announce Switch game dates and announcements at some point. So I was having this conversation with Tim yesterday, also that I. So, you know, my my thought process was, oh, they could, the Platinum Four could be how the Capcom Five was, uh, when Capcom did the five <laughs> games releasing somewhat uh, close to each other five. on the GameCube. And it was Beautiful Joe, Resident Evil 4, yeah. Dead Angel was the name of that. Oh, I don't even know. Piano 5, what was the fifth game? Uh, Killer's Dead. Not Killer's Dead, uh, Killer's 7, sorry. Okay, I was going to say, Killer's Dead is Suda? It's still, it's still Grasshopper. It wasn't Suda directly, but. Gotcha. Killer 7 was Suda directly. Yeah, but I was like, I, what I was kind of saying was that, like, oh yeah, if they do a remaster of Wonderful 101, if they're funding it, I don't think it'll be ready within the year. But it's coming out in a few yeah, months. It's which, done. What does that? What does does that mean? They already finished it, and now they're they're kickstarting it. Yes. Post development. Yes. How does that work? They they had like, I imagine remasters are not as hard as we think they are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it does kind of betray what we think like games cost. But they probably put the investment into it already. And like, okay, well, if we just release this, it's not going to get any attention or press coverage or anything. Mm-hmm. So we might as well just let's do a Kickstarter. To, Cover our bases a little bit. It's basically a pre order campaign. I apologize for the weird talking I did not work. But if they want to like make sure this game sells, the best way to do it is to run it as a Kickstarter and then give out some physical goods. Like honestly, they're doing it smartly. Mm-hmm. Like it's not necessarily not de- deceptive, but it's it's. The, the right way to do this, otherwise they probably would have lost money on the project. Frank Frederiksen says, Good morning, Blessing and Imran. To follow up on yesterday's news, the wonderful 101 came to Kickstarter and has already raised over a million dollars, which is apparently more than what the original game raised. 1.1, I think, last time I checked. What I, want to, what I want to ask is why in the world the Switch goal was only 50k? Was this game already going to be released and they just needed a tiny push? I feel like a publisher would be dumb not to give that pocket change to get this on the market do you think do you also think platinum will ever go back to kickstarter to uh, for porting another game or will publishers see this as a success and react by taking them up on their next game thanks for all you do frank further that's that was my question is Mm -hmm. 50k for a switch remaster that seems kind of low so if you read i think it was a vgc interview with kamiya 
they explained that they went to Nintendo and said, hey, we want to do this as a Switch port. And we know they did because, like, I want to say 2017, 2018, they had a picture of uh, the wonderful one one people, like, characters playing with a Switch, like, as new mm-hmm. art. So it was like, oh, obviously they're working on a Switch port because they did the same thing with Bayonetta as well. Uh, Nintendo was gung-ho about it. They were, okay, like, yeah, let's do it. But Platinum also wanted to do it multi-platform. They wanted to put it, bring it to PC and yeah. PS4 as well. And then Nintendo was like, okay, but we're not paying for that then. Uh-huh. Like, if you want to do that, that's fine, but we're not going to give you $50,000 to put it also on other consoles. Mm-hmm. So they went the Kickstarter route. Nintendo, who owns half of Wonderful 101, was like, okay, we'll just let you, we'll license it to you. You can do what you want. So this is the route they chose for that, for that game. I don't think it applies to pretty much any other Platinum game, but this is the, what they're... They were able to have that port ready and just yeah. go like, all right, well, launch Kickstarter and it'll be done. That's wild to me. I mean, they've Platinum's been in dire straits for a while. Like, near near Automata did a lot for them, mm. but they were looking for funding all that. I, I put up a tweet, actually. I'm uh, shocked they haven't been bought yet. So Brad Sams said a couple of days ago, Brad Sams is a Microsoft, like, not leaker, but reporter, yeah. who had, like, the back of the Xbox and all that stuff. Uh Pretty sure last year Microsoft was looking to buy them. Guess that deal fell apart or they decided to go another direction. Mm-hmm. So they've been looking for funding for the last year, which is why it was such a big deal. They got that Tencent funding, which is not for old games. It was only for upcoming new stuff. But they've Platinum has been talking with people like Nintendo, like Microsoft, about mm-hmm. acquisitions. Did he say uh, when the conversations were happening with Xbox? Was this recent? He said last year. Last year? Yeah. Okay. Because I find that... Yeah, that falling apart and also them not releasing Wonderful 101 on Xbox screams to me that maybe they don't get along that well. I'd assume it's more they expected the game would not sell well on Xbox and they did not actively work on a port before this. Mm -hmm. The problem with that is there's that Microsoft policy of all versions have to come out at the same time or the Xbox version needs more content. Oh, okay. The parity clause, basically. So... If they add an Xbox version now and decide to port it, that thing needs more content or they need a waiver to that exception. Mm-hmm. So Interesting. How do you feel about Frank Ferrer's question here when he asked, where he asks, uh, do you think Platinum, do you also think Platinum will ever go back to Kickstarter for porting, for porting another game or will publishers see this as a success and react by taking, taking them up on their next game? Does this boost Platinum's reputation for publishers, acquire, or not even acquiring them, but publishing their next game? I could see them trying it again. It's historically never been successful to go back for another game on, for crowdfunding after you've already done your big success. Uh, they, they did get that Tencent investment money, so if they, they're going to use it for future publishing stuff. But for their old back catalog, I can't think of anything they would do because everything else is owned by someone else. Yeah. So, like, Sega owns Bayonetta and Vanquish. Square owns Nier Automata. Nintendo owns Astral Chain. Nintendo owns the publishing rights to Bayonetta 2. Man. I assume they own the publishing rights to 3 as well. I. Mad World? No, Sega owns Mad World. Wait, do they do? Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's nothing they own themselves. Oh, you said Nintendo owns Bayonetta? N- Nintendo owns publishing rights to Bayonetta 2. And oh, 2. Three. Yes. Okay, yeah. So they can't port Bayonetta 2 without Nintendo saying, okay, yeah, go for it. Do mm-hmm. whatever you want. And it's exciting. It's seemingly unlikely because Wonderful One and One did not sell that well, but Bayonetta Two sold fine. Yeah. So, 
this um I'm I'm looking at the history of platinum games and it seems like yeah their first self-published games is this wonderful 101 remastered. Everything else has been published by someone else. Yeah. Um so presumably that those publishers mainly have those rights. Like you were saying like Nintendo and uh Platinum kind of co-own the rights to Wonderful 101. Um but man, yeah, everything else is just life. like I know <laughs> I it's like crazy. It. Man. Well also they they are living basically game to game. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's what they're desperately trying to change with stuff like this. Yeah. Do you foresee them being bought soon? No. Really? I think they were desperately looking for funding, and if they didn't get funding, yes, they were probably going to be bought, but now they have some funding, and now they're looking at a more doable next few years, because they have Babylon's Fall. Yeah. Presumably, if that's not a near game, then they got a new, another near game somewhere in the future. Astral Chain broke a million. It's outsold Mua 3, which is kind of oh, nuts yeah. when you think about it. Yep. Like they They have a pretty bright future right now, like... I saw someone say, like, oh, Platinum's had so many bombs lately. But the number of successes they've had versus the bombs, a lot yeah. of publishers would, like, a lot of studios would kill to have that many great games. Yeah, okay, so we're, if we're talking about lately, then we're talking about Astral Chain, we're talking about Nier. Yeah. Uh, if we're, we're talking, talking about 2016, like, yeah, we got Star Fox Zero. Yeah, if we're, ta- but if we're talking about, like, when they're putting out Avatar. or The Legend of Korra. The Legend of Korra, oh, yeah. In, like, uh, Transformers. The Transformers game was decent. It was fine. Yeah. The Activision, the Activision, like, set trilogy of games were clearly stuff, like, they had no budget for and no time. Yeah. So it's good now that they have, like, they're getting that space from developers. Like, maybe they can actually make good on a lot of what they want to make good on. Hmm. We'll see. Number four. Blizzard responds to Warcraft 3 uh, Reforged criticism. Patches coming soon. This comes from Jeremy Winslow of GameSpot. After a wave of criticism was directed toward Activision Blizzard for its handling of Warcraft 3 Reforged, the company has issued an apology for the problems and outlined a couple of patches currently in the works. Warcraft community manager Randy Kybox Jordan took to the took to the company's forums to discuss Blizzard's plans for Reforged, specifying that the team is fully committed to the, to supporting the game and the Warcraft 3 community for a long time to come. This includes preparing a patch scheduled to go live later this week that will address mismatched color and shading modules, portrait animations, and audio bug fix audio bugs, UI fixes, and more. Most notably, though Jordan takes aim at the cutscene controversy. Many fans have noted that certain cutscenes fail to live up to what Blizzard has previously shown during BlizzCon 2018. Jordan said the lack of reanimated cutscenes was essentially to keep the original spirit of Warcraft 3 intact. Quote, we did not want the in-game cutscenes to steer too far from the original game, Jordan said. We went a little t- deeper into the thought process behind that at the show, but the main takeaway is that the campaigns tell one of the classic stories in Warcraft history, and we want to preserve... Uh, the true spirit of Warcraft 3 and allow players to relive these unforgettable moments as they were, albeit rebuilt with, rebuilt with new animations and higher fidelity art. We want to, we want to say we're sorry for, uh, to those of you who didn't have the experience you wanted, and we want, we'd like to share our plans for what's coming next. Elsewhere in the forum post, Jordan said that some online features like clans and leaderboards are still coming. Jordan didn't pro- provide a definitive date as to when they'll go live, other than the vague in the, in the coming weeks time frame. Still, he confirmed that Blizzard is hard, hard at work on getting these missing features up and running. 
Now, are you have you followed the this Reforged a little situation? bit? Yeah, it was a Game Informer cover story a while ago, like when they first announced it. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm a bit more familiar with the game when it was like announced versus what it actually turned out to be. Yeah, because this is a thing that Greg brought up Friday on Friday's KFGD, mm-hmm. and somebody wrote in a question about it, and we hadn't covered it on the show. And when when Greg started reading through it, I was like, I have no, I didn't even know this game was coming out. And so I had no idea there was this huge controversy going on with Warcraft 3 Reforged. Yeah. But apparently, it's very bad. <laughs> yeah, it, it turns out it's not only bad, it's they ended up replacing the old Warcraft 3 client. So even if you never bought Reforged and you don't like any of these changes or remove features or whatever, or like you don't like the idea of Blizzard owning your new maps, mm. like this is, it's overtaking that stuff. So even if you're an old Warcraft 3 fan, Blizzard is still kind of screwing you over here. Mm. The Neobiologist writes in and says, What's up, Blessing Nimron? Blizzard has broken their silence on Warcraft 3 Reforged, and it's not pretty. They addressed issues and fixes they're rolling out, but it feels like they're treating this as games as a service. What gets me is that they essentially blame their fans of dreaming big on what this game is going to be, and that Blizzard couldn't ever live up to that expectation. Who is at fault for how bad this game is? Is it the fans for dreaming above and beyond the scope that Blizzard set out? Or is it Blizzard who rolled back features that it actively advertised and and promised yet didn't deliver? Or is it both? The neobiologist. Well, if you take like that Jason Schreier story from I think last year of uh, Activision Blizzard roll are rolling back all the Blizzard initiatives that weren't Overwatch and something else. Like they were, they were focusing mostly on esports. Mm. Like it, this kind of makes sense. It kind of dovetails with that of oh, this is one of the projects that they roll back and they they want wanted less work on. Especially mm. when you look at like the cinematic difference between what they originally showed versus what they released. Yeah. Like, it does seem like they pull back a lot, especially on budget. Hmm. Yeah, when you ask who is at fault for how bad this game is, like, Blizzard. obviously, like, Blizzard is, yes. at, is at fault for it. Is it, is it, or, well, he goes on and says, this is the fans for dreaming above and beyond the scope that Blizzard set out. I This reminds me a lot of the No Man's Sky situation. Maybe even, like, lesser so because of the idea that this is then replacing the old version of the game that you mm-hmm. now cannot access. I think that is pretty egregious, but at heart of like the idea that you know hello games is coming out during e3 and, and talking about features that then didn't really end up in the final game right now are there through patches and updates and stuff but at the launch of that game there's a whole hubbub right and i feel like that sparked a conversation about fan expectation versus what the developer is responsible for versus marketing and advertising and how those things kind of exist in in a trinity mm-hmm. and you know sometimes i will say that i think I think fans can have can fans can have higher expectations for a thing than they probably should have and sometimes fans should probably wait for reviews before buying a thing which for this different situation cuz this is then replacing the earlier version of the game but you know fans can be at fault a lot of time a lot of the time for yeah. how expectations are set that said right you know I Companies definitely have a responsibility for how you advertise and market a thing. And if you mismarket a thing and you misadvertise a thing and you promise features that aren't there, then you 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 can expect this type of type of backlash. Right. And so for this situation, I'm not too close to Warcraft 3 Reforged. I've not been following it super closely. And it sounds like this is pretty much all on Blizzard <laughs> for yeah. for this outcome. But yeah, generally that's kind of how I think about things, is that like there's there's a balance there, there are expectations to be set. And it looks like, for this specific situation, Blizzard did not set those expectations correctly. 
I mean, this is a trust-shattering thing, honestly. Like, as someone who doesn't even really play Warcraft, I'm now a bit more suspicious of anything they show Overwatch 2 or Diablo mm-hmm. 4. Of like, okay, this is what you're saying right now, but what's going to happen if the budget falls out? Like, what's going to happen if tomorrow Bobby Kotick says, actually, we need less money in this thing, and you pull back a feature I'm really looking forward to? Yeah. Who knows? Imran, I'm really excited to see what happens with Warcraft 3 Reforged, and if it gets fixed, and if it comes back... Fully and, and fu- fully featured and better than ever. Mm-hmm. But Imran, that's so far away. <laughs> if I wanted to know what is coming to Mom and Grop Shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software requests, each and every platform, as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. Yeah. Barrett, where are you at? On the yeah. It's supposed to be there for me, Barrett. You know what? I didn't do that, but if you're looking at me in the back dance, I, was I did do jazz hands. Oh, you did jazz hands. So I was gotcha. mentally still supporting you. Yeah. Okay? I just want to call you out because you went, you went actually to fix a thing. Yeah. I but <laughs> I still wanted to call you out because that's the kind of host I am. Out today, we have the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance tactics for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, PC, and Mac. Uh, and they, the developers, right? I don't know where this comes from, but somebody added this to the doc. Tomorrow, we're giving, we're giving away a Dark Crystal themed Switch and a copy of the game. Watch tomorrow and follow, follow on Twitter to find out how to win. Hopefully someone who actually can, like, supply that stuff wrote that in. Yeah. Not just someone playing a bad pr- bad prank on you. Who who all has access to this doc? I want to know. <laughs> Fran. Fran could do it. <laughs> oh. I would love if, like, if Kevin just did it, just to fuck with you. <laughs> Monster Energy Supercross, the official video game 3 for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. And these are all games that we talked about on PSLOVXOXO for the drop. And so if these sound familiar, that's why. Zombie Army 4 Dead War for PS4, Xbox One, and PC, which Greg is playing for our segment for uh, PS4 Love You, which is spoilers for the episode. Nerved for PS4. Wide Ocean Big Jacket for Switch. Impressions for PC. 7 for PC. Is 7 is not... No, I'm thinking of 13. Never mind. Because yeah. it's like VII. It's a prequel of 13. Gunhouse. Is it? It's not. No, okay. It's not. <laughs> I was like, for a second, I was like, was, was there a prequel to 13? When is that coming out? Because the they announced the remastered? remake. Yeah, that was like two years ago they announced that. I'm waiting on that because I always... 13 was one of those games where I would always see it in the bargain bin at, at GameStop for like $5 for PS2. Yeah. And every time I'm, I'm like, I'm going to get that game. But I always go with like some other random crap game instead. Starring David Duchovny as but, wait, 13. Really? In yeah. 13? Yes. He was the, the voice of the main character. So I, it, 13 was always that elusive game, which <laughs> I would always see at GameStop and be like, I'm, I'm, I want to get that, but I would never get it. And now it's going to remake. I'm like, I have to play this game because I want to know what it is. I know it's a shell, cell shaded first person shooter, but besides that, I don't. I know nothing about it. Let's yell at Belinda asking her where 13 is, but let's not explain what 13 is. Let's do it. Yeah. Gunhouse is coming out for PC. Empires in Ruin for PC. Soul Reaper for PC. Elemental Abyss for PC. And Corvus for PC. New dates: We have Saints Row Four Reelected has been announced for Switch and is out March 27th, which is really exciting. Mm. Saints Row Four, I love it. It's I like three game. better, but I think four was pretty good. I could, I could, I could partner with you on that. Yeah. I, 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 three was really good. I know people have a love for two. I never played two. There's a there's a weird split between the, in like the Saints Row community of people who like don't acknowledge three and four as Saints Row games at all. Yeah, I remember that when I was playing Saints Row three and people being people were like, "But two is so much better." And as I was playing three, I was like, "But this game's pretty great, though. I really like this." But maybe it's because I didn't play two. Maybe I mean, two was two. more of like a GTA thing with still some of that humor, but not quite that level. So yeah. for some people, it went from like. 
a comedy to a cartoon. And spoilers, like they murdered Johnny Gett in three, right? And so then they brought him back like fifteen fucking times. Yeah, they did. It was too much. Which I still gotta play that uh, Dad Out of Hell. I never got to play that. I I own it. You don't need to. No, (laughs) no. It's not great. But it's Johnny Gett. He's in hell. (laughs) What's not? What's not there to love? Uh, Early access players of Dreams will be able to upgrade the full release of the game three days before launch on February 11th. So if you're in Dreams Creator Early Access, get on that. We got the game three days early. Let's play some Dreams. Damon X Machina is headed to Steam on February 13th, Mm. which is another surprising one. Yeah. I didn't see that game coming to other platforms, but it's coming to to Steam. Yeah, Nintendo got behind behind it really hard, but I guess it wasn't like published by them. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, Did you play Damon X Machina? I played the demo and I didn't like it. Same. I played the demo also and I was like, this game is very slow. Yeah. I think the the final game was much faster, but honestly, now it's on Steam. I might give it a shot there. Like, it seems to... It will definitely be performed better. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. The Fortnite Celebration Cup is happening on only on PS4. The Solos competition will take place on Saturday, February 15th, and Sunday, February 16th. It is open to all eligible Fortnite players on your PlayStation 4 systems. During the Celebration Cup, players will have an opportunity to earn in-game items and cash prizes. Check out the PlayStation blog for more details. Now it's time for Reader Mail. You can write in to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames where you can get the show ad-free. And speaking of ads, this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by Manscaped. Breaking news. This important PSA is brought to you by Manscaped.com. This is your pubic service announcement. After more My than God. 18 months of research and development, the Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. This new trimmer was just released only moments ago, and we are the first to confirm the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0 Manscaping trimmer is now available for purchase. This third-generation Manscaped trimmer features a, a cutting-edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents millions of balls are about to be nick free thanks to manscaped's advanced skin safe technology tim and greg both use manscaped and two out of two women agree it's a smoother look for him barry you got that manscaped 3.0 you used it i yet? did get the 3.0 i have not used it what yet. are you waiting for barrett i'm just waiting for the right time blessing Listen, man, there's no better the time right than right time. now. Bust it out. Come on the camera. Let's show people what Manscaped's all about. No. If you Let's get use banned that, on Twitch. Yeah, if you use the, the lawnmower 2.0, uh, we, can, we can just, like, we can black out the screen to have audio listeners just, like, listen to us. If you use the lawnmower 2.0, it's an easy transition. What does the ball because, sound like? <laughs> because it's the same. We all know how it sounds like. Uh, it's because it's, the, it's just a buzzing noise because it's a trimmer. <laughs> Because it's, e- it's the same replacement blade with a new and improved skin-safe technology. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. One of the coolest new features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show off, show your motor, show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a rapid charging dock powered by USB. If you're listening to me speak right now, you're one of the first people to hear about this life-changing product, and I want you to I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code Games at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com and use code Games. Your balls will thank you. We're also brought to you. By Brooke Linen. Making your home beautiful is the ultimate form of self-care, and what better time than the new year to take care of yourself? You spend one-third of your life in sheets. Don't you want them to be insanely comfortable? In this new year, it's time to get comfortable, like 
with uh, new bedding, loungewear, towels, and more. Home of the internet's favorite sheets, Brooklinen got over 50,000 plus five-star reviews and counting. People here at Kind of Funny Studio have used Brooklinen, and everyone agrees Brooklinen is the way to go. They've moved beyond the bedroom to offer essentials for your bathroom like towels, shower curtains, and bath mats, <laughs> bath mats, and even launched ultra-soft loungewear that makes you feel like you never left the bed. All luxury products without the luxury markup. Like softness, comfort, essentials to help you relax, Brooklinen has it all. Brooklinen.com is the perfect place to hit refresh in the new year. Go on and make yourself comfortable. Brooklinen is so comfortable, so confident in their product, and also so comfortable. So confident in their product that all their sheets, comforters, loungewear, and towels come with a lifetime warranty. Get 10% off your first order and free shipping on all on all the new sheets when you use your pro, your promo code GAMES only at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. Brooklinen, everything you need to live your most comfortable life. We're also brought to you by Raid Shadow Legends, which let me take a drink of water real quick <laughs> because it's a mouthful, all these ads. Go for it. Introducing Raid Shadow Legends. Raid is a mobile RPG done right. Not every RPG game must be cartoony and cutesy. Enough with the candy rainbows, unicorns, and bright colors. Get real, raw, dark, epic, and awesome. Raid Shadow Legends will take you to the world of dark fantasy and realism. And now, you can play Raid both on mobile and on your desktop. The game is cross-device, so you can play with the same user and switch between devices whenever you want and however you want it. The graphics are amazing in the PC version, and the game is super fast as well. Raid has all the features you'd expect from a brand new RPG title, like an amazing storyline, awesome 3D graphics, giant boss fights, PvP battles, and hundreds of champions to collect and customize. I never expected to get this level of performance out of a mobile game. Check out the amazing graphics and details on those champions and in Raid. In Raid, you have the ability to personally customize and choose the artifacts and design a unique mastery build for each one of them. And the best part, it's free to play. More than 15 million players worldwide have already downloaded the game, so go and click on the link in the description in the description box and start playing. You'll not just notice you'll not just enjoy one of the best mobile games of the moment. You'll also be supporting this show. So what are you waiting for? Download Raid via my link, patreon.me slash kindoffunnygamesraid. That is patron, P-A-T-R-O-N dot me slash kindoffunnygamesraid, which you'll also find in the description. Get a special package with 100,000 silver, two clan boss keys, 10 mystery, char- 10 mystery shards, and the amazing champion adjudicator. This package will be available only for the next 30 days. Manuel Suazo. Hold on. Before we go to that, we missed an important new date. Oh, is there a new date? Uh, Castlevania is back on Netflix on March 5th. Oh. Yes. So season What's that? three. Season three? Yep. Oh, man. I've only, I'm actually not, I don't think I've watched Castlevania on Netflix yet. Do That's it. One of the, I keep putting it off and I want to watch it. So season two is a little bit of a slog. It's a lot of like vampire politics stuff. But like oh, the, the wow. last two episodes are some of the best animated fight scenes I've ever seen. They're also working on Devil May Cry, right? Uh, the showrunner is also, he has a different team for yeah. it. But they're like, they has a Devil May Cry show announced. So one of the most obscure anime I've ever watched <clears throat> is an old Devil May Cry anime, which I think was actually the, free earlier yes. in the year when uh, DMC Five came out. Probably, yeah. Yeah, but I they reference that it in DMC Five. Yeah, they do reference it in DMC Five with one of the characters early on in the game. Yeah, and I watched that anime for whatever reason. I can't remember why. I don't know if it was on Netflix or what, but I was like probably like 
13, 14 years old watching it and being like, this is great. And then looking online and be, seeing that everybody didn't like it. <laughs> I liked it. No, yeah. I, a lot of anime I watched when I was a kid is like, just everyone hates there. now. And I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. Yeah. If I liked, if I wanted people's opinions, I wouldn't watch anime. Like, Fair. <laughs> Manuel Suazo writes in and says, hello, KFGD hosts. My question is a blast from the near past. Angry Greg voice, which, listen... We already know. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be able to give it a uh, shot. Get, get, like I've I want to. I want to hear a, your improvement. He's too nice to do. Yeah, it. I'm too nice. <laughs> what What makes you super pissed that you would like be able to channel for this? Uh, Jet Force Gemini not getting the respect it deserves. Okay, think about that. Think about All the right. weird Jet Force Gemini faces and how people don't like him. What the hell happened with Sean Layden? This See, was bless, <laughs> hey, bless. Here's the thing. Like I, you didn't really have to harden it. Like How do I feel I... like Tim like really brought his A game yesterday, yeah. and like Greg really all like right, brings it all the time. And yeah, because I got I got layers on right now. I need to take them off. I need to unleash right like the Hulk. I don't want to tear open my coat that I got this morning. <laughs> kind of funny. All right. <clears throat> what the hell happened with Sean Layden? This well, I can't I can't do that for a whole paragraph. Well, it says end voice. After oh, end voice. It yeah. does say end voice. Okay. Read How's the prompt. Blessing Jesus. <laughs> There's a lot of words on this document. I will. Like I will say things about reacting. I will say I'm proud of you. That was a good one. Yeah, that thank you. That's a lot of improvement. Thank yeah. you. I appreciate it. This was one of the most talked about subjects for some time, but then everyone just forgot about it. Have there been any updates on his future no. or why this why his departure happened? No. I see. I see he is active on Twitter. Still very supportive of everything PlayStation, but haven't seen anything regarding him joining someone or anything close to that. Thanks for all you do, Manuel Suazo. What happened to Sean Layton? Where is he? What's he doing? We'll never know. Unless he decides to tell us, we'll never know. But, like, is he? he's not doing anything, right? He's just chilling? I guess. Is I he mean, not like, doing... He, he got- probably made a ton of money on, like, as an executive at PlayStation that, like, he can retire for a while. I, I think, like, honestly, it's a... They, they're centralizing a lot of their uh, stuff in Europe right now. Like, mm-hmm. Jim Ryan is former head of SCEE. Like, Herman Hulse is now the head of Worldwide Studios, and he's in Europe. It didn't make a lot of sense for Sean Layden to be, like, if he didn't want to move to Europe, maybe he wanted to be here. But that's just a guess. Who knows? Like, they, the, what was it? The Sony not being an E3 announcement was through GamesIndustry.biz, which mm-hmm. is a European outlet. Hmm. Like, it's... We'll never know for sure. We can only speculate, but I don't think there's anything dramatic. So I'm, I'm looking at Sean Layton's Twitter right now, and mm-hmm. his bio is now citizen slash creator, PlayStation alumnus. Um, and yeah, nothing that's really signaling. He has some political tweets in here, which I wasn't expecting, but nothing that's really. Did he win the Iowa caucus? Uh, he, he has a retweet here about how the best uh, political orators of the 21st century are Barack Obama and Adam Skiff, which. Yeah, Barack Obama, amazing order. Yeah, no, legitimately, one probably the best order of the last generation. But uh, nothing here about what he's up to or play. He has a let's see, January thirty first, and now this is just this is just us going through John Layton's <laughs> let's, tweets. St- let's East Doc Sean. <laughs> he's like listening to this, like no, stop, please. <laughs> um, let's see, just gonna he, he tweets on January thirty first. Just gonna take a moment here to recognize the teams that created this innovation. He's talking about PlayStation View, I believe. Yeah, PlayStation View. Back in twenty fifteen, it was ahead of its time, and I'm very sad to see it go. Thanks you, you shall be missed. Right, so he's still any and he, and he has some. He's retweeting Patapon stuff, so he's still like <laughs> he's showing some PlayStation love and Obama love. He has mm. a John Stewart. I, man, you know what? I'm starting to dig Sean Layton because I also dig John Stewart. Sean Layton should run for governor. Uh, but yeah, he's still showing PlayStation love on his timeline, which at least, at the very least, I feel like means he doesn't absolutely hate PlayStation's guts. 
Yeah, no, I, I assumed it was always like a very non-dramatic reason of he just doesn't want to leave California or whatever. Yeah. Darth Pickles writes in and says, Hey, Blessing and Imran, with Platinum Games reaching their minimum goal of $50,000 to bring Wonderful 101 to Switch in just 24 minutes, do you think that any other developers will dip into crowdsourcing for funding? Are there any reboots or canceled games that you'd want to see on Kickstarter? Thanks for all you do, uh, Darth Pickles. I mean, it's a weird confluence of events. Like, 50000 obviously, it would not have been enough to make a remaster. So, like, if they started from scratch and that was not a complete game already, mm-hmm. that would have been a ridiculous goal that would not have, like, it would have been met, but they would not have enough money for the actual product. Uh, I Again, it goes back to the same thing of you can only do it so many times. Mm. Like, if they try to do it, like, doing a blood stain through Kickstarter, I don't think it would, it would probably succeed, but it wouldn't do gangbusters. Like, Shenmue, whatever, Shenmue 4, if they do that again, it's not going to have the same numbers it had before. I, I'm i struggling to think, because, like, a lot of people who try it are, like, the well has run dry a bit. Mm. I don't, I can't think of who else would go for it now. Like, all the big games that we have nostalgia for now are games that if you try to revive again would take a ton more money than you get from crowdsourcing. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of older games that we try to revive don't stand the test of time in ways and so like you know people like i feel like a lot of people have been asking for new time splitters from uh deep silver or not deep silver well, deep silver owns the do they know who's above deep silver? Oh, oh. <coughs> thq thq nordic yeah yeah that's what i'm thinking of they own deep silver but it's, yeah. it's not the other way around it's a it's a weird confusing thing thq nordic group owns deep silver and thq nordic the publisher Oh, it's a confusing yeah. thing. So There's like a lot going on there. Basically, but, the publisher made the HN thing. The the group did not. Yeah, I'm just saying, bless. I think time splitters could hold up in a way that Goldeneye never could. I mean, of course. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, yes, it would hold up better than Goldeneye. Yeah. Am I crazy? But or did they just announce t- that they're doing new time splitters? Stuff? I believe they did. Got okay, it. So. Oh. But uh, no, I feel like stuff was teased, but nothing was ever like officially like. Announced, announced. But like, how well will, will a time splitters like? Yeah, stand say up? announce a new time splitters. How well will that stand up to like other yeah. first person shooters today? I don't know. And maybe I'm just talking out my ass. Uh, but it's I've only new- watched <clears throat> gameplay of time splitters. I've never actually what? played it. Oh, uh, you missed out. Time I splitters know. had a really good multiplayer. That's what I remembered it for. I I don't know that it would stand out. Honestly, it would be mm. a lot of people just being like, "Hey, yeah, I remember time splitters." Yeah, but. I feel like the appeal of time splitters would be that like you played or you're familiar with time splitters from back in the day. Yeah. And you're going you're you're going into it as in like, "Oh yeah, I love this game. I'm gonna play it because of my previous love." You know, or maybe they do something new and special. But I feel like when you and and that's the thing, right? If you if you revive something, you kind of have to add a spin on it that actually makes it stand out today, or like do something that is that keeps it with the times like you can't like kind of ah. bring back something one for one like uh, spongebob battle for bikini bottom you know i i'm excited for it as somebody who likes 3d, 3D platformers apparently not excited enough SpongeBob. to bet on it for this uh no, PlayStation League. Not, but that's the thing right i think that game's gonna come out and you know, people like you are gonna love it people like me might love it i never played battle for bikini bottom but I, what I was your to. childhood listen what did you well, actually play? i played on a demo disc if that counts Okay. I had a PlayStation okay. 2 demo disc. That's how I played a lot of games as a kid. Yeah, that's how I played. I played those same areas of Brave Fencer Musashi over and over again because I had a PS1 demo disc. But, uh, I mean, that's a game that I feel like, you know what, that's not, that might be a bad example because kids are going to love a SpongeBob game. But a lot of games you bring back and they don't necessarily age well. Crackdown mm-hmm. 3. It's a game that doesn't necessarily hold up to that. That game is better than most people gave it credit for, but yeah, I understand what you mean that, like, what... What was great even ten years ago is not necessarily great now. Yeah, 
you know, I feel like it's something that was great ten years ago. You can, you can, if you want to bring it back, you have to. Yeah, tomorrow, like Shovel Knight is a great example of a game yes. that like feels like it grew to remember NES games feeling like, but is way more advanced in almost every way. Because if it actually controlled like an NES game, it would be unplayably bad. Yeah. That said, I know Microsoft owns this IP, and so it's not going to go to Kickstarter. But if somehow somebody, if somebody could steal IPs, if somebody could break into the Microsoft office and steal, I, I imagine IPs are like deeds. Yes. Where if you ha- if you have the deed, you own the land. If you could steal the deed for the IP of Jet Force Gemini and put that on Kickstarter and bring that back, you got my attention. <laughs> that was on Rare Replay, wasn't it? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, they would own the IP. Uzair Syed writes in and says, "Is Firewall being free on PS Plus actually a red flag for how many active players the game has? Rigs and Starblood Arena got put on PS Plus for the same reason. Starblood was even shut down. Is this a sign of Firewall no longer bringing in the money or sustaining a player base? Probably. Like I've, I've heard. I remember doing the preview event for Firewall and it was fun. Yeah, but I've never heard anyone talk about it really. Yeah, Greg, is- Mil- Greg Miller talked about it a lot." But yeah, you've never heard Greg Miller and Kevin Coelho champion that shit for I zone so out long. When I talk yeah. about it. <laughs> and that's the thing is like from what I heard from what I hear, right? I believe that game was nominated for like best VR or last Yeah, I mean year. I'm sure like, it's an absolutely fine game. Yeah. I just don't assume that it's like hitting any mass market. Yeah, and I think it's one of those things where a multiplayer game in VR, right? A multiplayer game has a multiplayer game feeds off his audiences, right? And so if there's a low audience and you're not able to find matches, right? Yeah. Like VR is already a thing where it's hard to kind of get into i think there's like five million P- psvrs out there yeah right like within those five million players are all that, do you have like 12 friends that are want playing that game yeah and all have psvrs and not oculuses or vibes or whatever and so i think this is a thing of like hey let's get the um the firewall zero hour player player base up um you know and, and i don't think this is nece- this necessarily spells death for firewall but it could be a an indicator that yeah that game didn't necessarily sell amazing because it is like a, a yeah of a more obscure thing underneath VR, which is compared to the wide audience of PS4 players, kind of an obscure thing. Plus, I mean, like maybe it's done selling and like, that's fine. Like mm-hmm. they got what they wanted out of it. And now it's just like, okay, now it's a PS plus, not necessarily a filler title, but yeah. like a thing we can put on here. I'm now, pretty excited for Sims actually. For what now? Sims. Oh yeah. Sims 4. I, I, I might dip into. I might actually make the kind of funny people in that. Oh, we'll see how that works out. That'd be fun. If I have some time, I'm going to do that'd that. That'd be like a cool like competition to do is to see who can make like the best kind of funny studio in Sims since it's free on PS Plus. That could be a PS Love thing. I'm going to talk to Greg. <laughs> now it's time to squad up. Foodie and Fit writes in with a Switch friend code and says, I'm always down for Yu-Gi-Oh, Yu- uh, for Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, Smash Brothers, and anything else you want to get whooped Hold on. in. It's not a Yu-Gi-Oh game on Switch for, with online play. I feel like Yu-Gi-Oh! Legacy of the Duelist. Okay, yeah. I need to look into that because I, I feel like I want to play some or like, cool monsters. Duel Links is the mobile game, right? Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links. Was there a console for it? Was there a con- I'm, I'm asking questions <laughs> that, I, that you guys obviously don't have the answer for. Bring um, it up. I'm bringing it up. Yu-Gi-Oh! Legacy, 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 okay, Legacy of the Duelist. Duelist. Link what Evolution. the fuck is that thing on the right? Oh, that's this man? yeah, that's one from one of those new you new Yu-Gi-Oh. New Gios. What? <laughs> it's one of the new Gios. Oh, we don't talk that. about the new I hate it. That sounds like a racial slur. It does sound like a racial slur. Like as soon as I said once I said it the second time, I was like, let me think about this for a second and make sure I'm in a good place before I say this a third time. Who is this man? Obviously that's Yami. He looks like he's like from a different universe. That's obviously Yami Yugi's Yami Yugi. This is it's like his Super Saiyan 3. Like, if you told me that was, like, a weird Pokemon, I'd be like, yeah, I can kind of see it. <laughs> that guy? Yeah. <laughs> I dig it, though. That fashion. <laughs> um, but, yeah. You yeah can, 
that's what I was thinking of Link Evolution. So Duel Links is the mobile game. Yu-Gi-Oh! Legacy of the Duelist was the game that came out like before the Switch. And then they, I guess they ported they ported that version. Not, I guess it's a remaster version. I have no idea. But it's on it's on the Switch. So if you want to play Yu-Gi-Oh! with Foodie and Fit, Foodie and Fit's Switch friend code is SW61666341. 3915. That'll be in the YouTube YouTube description. Or will it? <laughs> or yeah, will it? Or we have to rewind nah, that. Go play Yu-Gi-Oh with him. Like now it's time for kind of funny slash you're wrong. Uh oh, Florence is coming to Switch and PC on February thirteenth. Oh, yeah. I missed uh, that this morning. That's cool. Yeah, I saw I saw a screenshot of Florence, but I I feel like I got distracted or something, so I somehow missed it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's awesome. Uh, let's see. Promo school on WWE backstage. Okay, well they're explaining promo school uh, for WWE backstage. Which, if you really want to watch Greg on promo school WWE backstage, you'll watch it. You don't need to hear what it is from me. <laughs> You're sandbagging him so hard. It's so Wikipedia hard. <laughs> exists. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see here. One four one one capitalist pig writes in and says one four one one was teased in 2017 where the devs posted the picture of a switch teasing one four one one oh one on the console. Yeah. Uh. Microsoft tried to buy Platinum Games recently, but did not succeed, which is what we talked about. Yeah, that's not you're wrong. That was you're right. Alex Russ writes in with a new date: Fantasy Star Online Two closed beta is available for Xbox Insider users beginning February seventh at five p.m. Pacific time. Again, that's the thing. I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna enjoy playing that for a couple of hours and be like, all right, this is pretty cool, and then probably forget about it. But who knows? Maybe it'll be a thing that I play for a thousand hours. Uh, Sean Layden said like a year before he left. No, he did not. It's this is a he retired thing. Like uh, no, if he retired, it would have been it would have gone on so differently. Yeah, like there would have been retirement announcements. He would have had like a goodbye thing. It was just like no, Sean Layden's gone. Mm-hmm. Anthro Metal writes in with a missed new date. Fallout seventy six Wastelanders DLC finally dated for April seventh. It's coming to Steam too. Uh, and you, there's a YouTube trailer out there. So if you want to see that trailer. Go to YouTube, type in Fallout 76. That's the NPC. And just pray. Pick yeah. a God and pray. <laughs> and I think that is it for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Tomorrow's hosts, Greg and Tim. I saw somebody on Twitter or something asking, like, oh, when are, when are we going to see Greg and Tim again? And here's the thing. When you, you see, see one, you see them both. You see them both. Yeah. Thank you. That's why I keep... This is why you're also, you, the show. you know what? I think that's Tim's last show before he goes blind. He goes blind? Yeah. So. Oh. And then he gets the laser eyes. Oh, so yeah, this will be oh, tomorrow will be Tim's last show where he can see, then from there on, he's gonna be Daredevil. <laughs> would you ever do the laser <laughs> or eye Kenshi? Um I would have to know the details. I've I don't seen know what happened what... and I I don't like it, but I would I like how I look with glasses. I think it would look weird without him. That's my thing too. I feel like at this point glasses are a part of me. Mm-hmm. Where if I just don't have glasses on, I feel like I might look weird. Yeah. And so I don't, I don't know how I feel about it. But I do like the idea of not having to, to worry about breaking my glasses. I would go for it if the lasers were permanent. Are they not? They degenerate over time. Oh. I mean, isn't that, isn't that just the human condition, though? Yeah. You, I mean, you still need new glasses every couple of years, but, like, yeah. I, yeah. Of course, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, Game Daily. <laughs>